Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome, everybody, to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am Dale Luganbill. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, so, the weekend recap and rant will start on a Friday. So, the winner of the free guided trip, Sarah. Um, we had set this trip up a while ago, and uh, so we actually, I got to go fishing with Sarah and her husband. It was very fun. Um, Joel had nothing better to do, so he came out, he wanted to, he said he wanted a break from uh, the tournament grind, so instead he joined me on the guide grind. <laughs> I think he thought maybe it would be easy. Um, it wasn't. It should have been. So Friday, okay, that that's Saturday. Let's back up. So Friday, because I had this trip planned, and uh what I what I always like for my clients is a successful day of fishing. So I decided to not work Friday. I went and scouted and made sure I was on a good bite. Um, so we're not searching on the client's time, even though it was a free trip. Didn't matter. Um, I treat it the same. And uh, so I go out to a North Metro Lake and do a kind of tournament style. I do a, a bunch of camera work just to see if, uh, you know, a fish are where I think they'll be. And I find a really good pot of fish, and they are up high, weed tops, cruising, um, checking out the camera. There's tons of bass everywhere. Like, I've kind of almost never seen so many bass in one spot when I've been looking under the ice. Like, these things were just everywhere. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. We're going to smash them. They're just in here cruising, looking to eat. Um, 
it's going to be fun. There's so many bass to the point I was like, I almost should bring out tip-ups or tip-downs or something because these bass are going to be chomping, and that could just that could be a lot of fun. Um, I didn't end up doing that. but uh, So then after scouting that out, and I checked a couple backup spots, and those all looked good too. And I was like, all right, well, kind of middle of the day here. I feel like I got a good plan for tomorrow. This should be awesome. I might as well uh, go get some scouting in for the uh, third event for Minnesota Made Outdoors on West Rush Lake. So at first I was like, boy, I don't think I don't have any time to scout. Like this is going to be an interesting event Um, because I had that trip booked for Saturday. Uh, My daughter wanted to go fishing on Sunday. And then the Saturday before the event is the Hometown Heroes uh, event on the ice the day before the tournament. So it's like, when am I going to scout? And apparently I didn't have any time. Um, but the way Friday, because I took Friday off, I was like, all right, well, I got half the day to go check out some stuff. So I loaded everything up and headed to West Rush Lake. And then I'm just going to kind of run quick through some um, pins that I had dropped when I was open water scouting for this event way back when. The water wasn't ice. <laughs> And so I checked some spots, and they were still holding my fish. Not They weren't, like, right on the pin. I had to do a little searching, um, which relatively, I mean, I only had to drill, mm, I'd say, a dozen soul, souls, a dozen holes or more uh, to find the fish I wanted. Um, but I, I found fish right away but I couldn't give them to bite huge suspended schools of fish. And I was like, why can't I get these things to bite? And so finally, I mean, I'd worked those stupid things for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes felt like two hours. Finally gave up. I'm like, all right, well I need to find active fish. Cause this isn't telling me anything. Um, and I didn't make that big of a move. And then I found the more active fish and they were actually decent. I got, I kind of, few that were right at eight, few that were a little over eight, the gills I'm talking, and there was a few crappies mixed in. So I was like, all right, this spot is still pretty good. Um, didn't have much activity around it, so that was good. And it's kind of relatively close to a community spot. Like there is, so when I checked it out on, it wasn't that much on Friday, but Saturday was, well, no, we didn't go there Saturday. I'm jumping ahead of myself. So, all right, let's stick to Friday. So I was happy with that spot. I moved on and checked some other spots. Uh, found another spot um, that I had a pin on that looked really good. Uh, found fish there, and they were snapping, dude. These fish were, like, committing suicide. Um, but didn't fi- really find anything size-wise that was mm, blowing my doors off. So uh checked a few more spots, and, yeah, they had fish. But, again, I wasn't really finding anything that, like... I don't know, instilling a ton of confidence, confident that I should get a bag of fish. Uh, but how competitive will that basket be? Uh, not super confident on or confident on that. So that was Friday. Um, Saturday rolls around, and we meet uh, Sarah and her husband at the landing, proceed to take off, go to the spot where I had cameraed all those fish and all those bass, and... They're just gone. I mean, they're gone. Gone, gone. I mean, we, there was a few around, and we did end up catching a couple in that spot. Got to keep her crappie there. and uh, But we drilled 
so many holes in that spot and just camera, 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 camera. And finally we're just like, I don't know where they went, dude, but they're, they're not here. We are wasting our time. So plan B. So we uh, pack up and we head to our plan B spot. Well, technically our plan B spot had people on it. So we're like, Oh, go to plan C. And, uh, plan C is a good spot though. Kind of a, an ace in a hole spot for us out there. Um, and it worked out well. Um, they weren't in there super thick. And even they moved on a little bit. They didn't move too far. We were able to find them. But they weren't where I would found them on the camera the day before. And this spot is, for us, usually has really not so much with numbers, but quality. Real, real good ones. And uh, so we just kept drilling, kept drilling, kept drilling. And did end up starting to get a little bit of a pattern together. And we're picking up some decent fish. And I got to say, dude, Sarah is, she has the hot hand, man. Like, she was catching all the big ones. She was catching most of the fish. To the point, at one point, Joel's like, what color do you have on? I can't get a bite over here. And she's background just pinwheeling fish. Um, So, you know, we were kind of hoping that we were going to be able to, like, teach them the tight lining technique and, you know, how to break down shallow, weedy lakes. Because they're from the Mankato area, so they don't really get, a lot of those, you know, their lakes out there are shallow, dirtier, mostly basin bite fish. Um, so, you know, I knew they were pretty accomplished fishermen that they necessarily need a guide. So I was like, well, trying to offer them something. Uh, so I thought I would teach them those things, and they were they wanted to, to learn that. But the fishing just wasn't, you know, when you're going to learn a new technique, you almost need to... You want one of those days where, like, the fish are just stacked beneath you. They'll pretty much crush anything so that you don't get frustrated or, you know, you can – you need to be able to do it wrong enough times to be corrected, and then you need to be able to do it enough times right that you really get the hang of, you know, the process. And the bite was just not – it wasn't that. I mean, we were getting fish, but we had to move around a lot, a lot of hole hopping, lots of holes. We went through – Every single battery we had, and I think we have six batteries. And that lets you know how many holes we drilled. So it may as well have been a tournament day. It was unreal. Um, but the weather was great. The company was awesome. Like, we had a lot of laughs. Um, it's always fun. One of the things I love about guiding the most is just getting to know the people. And uh, that was pretty cool. So another connection made. Um I know they did ask about uh, summertime and asked if I guided in the summer, and yes, I do, uh, for bass. And uh, they're like, cool, because their kid is in a, a high school bass fishing league. And again, like down there, they have these shallow, murky waters, and they don't know any like deep water techniques. And there's been a few events that they didn't do very well on because the bite was deep, and they just don't know. It's not where they live. They don't they have no way of really learning it other than, you know, watching videos and reading magazines or whatever. But that's not really – you can only learn so much doing it that way. Um, so they're like, man, I'll have to come up and do a, a summertime thing. I was like, yeah, you, it's due in July. There's definitely going to be – I can find a lake that has a, a deep weed, you know, a deep bite. And uh, we can we can go over a couple techniques. I think that would be, that'd be really good for them. So hopefully that pans out. I'm looking forward to that. Um so that was Saturday. Um, we toyed around with the idea of uh, 
running out to rush after that, but honestly, by the time everything gets loaded up and there's just, there wouldn't have been any time to do any. By the time we got to Lake, we'd have had an hour of light, if that. So it's like, well, well, that's that. So nothing doing there. Um, so Sunday rolls around, and now we're, so I, I take my daughter fishing, but I, she's not, she's not hardcore fisherman for sure. She's also not a morning person. So I kind of asked her, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this idea that we meet at uh, the grumpy minnow on West rush there at 11, you know, for uh, bloody Mary's and get a bite to eat and, and then go fishing in the afternoon. She's like, Oh, that'd be great. I'm like, all right, perfect. Then you don't have to worry about getting up early. And now I have the morning to scout. So we do that. Joel and I get to the lake early and start running around and I have this nagging voice in the back of my mind. And I just need to check off some things that I don't, I'm not super confident that it's going to work or their places are going to hold fish, but it's just, it's like bugging me. And if you've been following along the first event on Maple, I did not listen to that little voice and it really bit us in the ass. And I promised myself I wasn't going to ignore that voice anymore. So we did check some spots out, and they didn't pan out. But, you know, as we kept going, and I'm, I'm checking checking some spots, um, we find a bunch of fish, we start fishing them, and then they're perched. Like this, you know what, dude, this lake has so many perch in it right now. It's unreal. From 2 feet to 22 feet to probably 32 feet, whatever. Like, there. You drop a camera down, you are going to see perch. I don't care. I, I don't care where you drop it. They're they're literally everywhere. Um, so Joel's just kind of messing around catching these perch, and he's like, "Man, some of these perch are keepable." You know, I'm like, "Oh, whatever." And then he's it's big mark. He's jigging it. Boom. He's like, "I don't think this is a perch." And he's like, "I think it's a walleye." I'm like, "Really?" Because we weren't really in like what I would consider walleye water. It was relatively shallow. What what was the depth, if I can remember? Um, 16 feet, I think. Something like that. It it wasn't super deep. Um, there was nothing down there but sand. And uh, so, yeah, it was... So, got that wall. I kept that for sure. And I'm like, well, if I'm keeping that, we might as well keep some of these perch. I was like, hang on, I'll sacrifice half hour of scouting for some perch fishing if I'm going to get a meal out of it. So, <laughs> definitely did that. Um... And that was fun. We didn't pick up any more walleyes, but that was fine. And then uh, so we, we run around and we check a couple other spots. Didn't really pan out. So many people out there. So many. And there must have been so many for so long because that lake is terrible to drive on. It is so rutted up. I don't know when it was slushy and wet, but... All those vehicle tire tracks have now all frozen, and it's like driving over railroad tracks, you know, it's everywhere. That crisscross, that, oh, it's just, it's horrible. In fact, broke one of Joel's uh, auger rack mounts. That's So this will be interesting coming up this weekend for the event because it's supposed to be really cold. Like the start of the tournament is going to be below zero, and as rough as it is out there, just get ready now, everybody. Shit is going to break. I am telling you, right now, there will be broken implements for sure. 
Because as rough as it is out there and as cold as it's going to be, that is a recipe for disaster. For sure. Um, so, yeah, and we're, as we're checking stuff off and, you know, not just not finding what we're hoping for, still kind of got a little nagging voice in the back of my mind. Um, but now it's time to meet for lunch. And then this pretty cool thing. I mean, I, I really, A, super happy that restaurants are open again in Minnesota. Uh, they lifted the restrictions, so you can actually go get a beer and a burger. Um, they're actually still serving breakfast, so I got breakfast and a beer because why not? You know, you can do it. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of a nice uh, breakup of the day. And then so we head back out, and I'm like, all right, Savannah, we got a couple more spots. Savannah's my daughter. A couple more spots to check here, and then we'll just go fish. We're checking these spots. We run into uh, Chris and Timmy, who won uh the last event on Waconia, so we're kind of checking out the same waters. And we team up a little bit and just tear apart these basins and flats, and we're drilling them out, and we're doing camera work. And I'm just not, again, just not finding what I want to find. Like, this is this is garbage. And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, we need to go just catch some fish. I'm going to go to the spot that I found on Friday. Didn't have anything crazy in it, you know. I, I don't feel bad about giving up that spot. Um and I could see teams fishing it during the day. I'm like, so it's not a secret spot. Plus, I didn't find anything, like, awesome there anyways. So I'm like, oh, let's go there and beat on some fish. Much like Friday into Saturday, couldn't find the fish. Like, one of the first holes I checked, there was fish. We fished it, got a couple bites, and then they just disappeared. Drilled a bunch more holes. Couldn't find them. And I was like, this is so frustrating. And again, my daughter's not super hardcore. And she's not going to stay out here all day if we're not catching fish. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go back to perch fishing. Like, that's it was fast action. They are like, committing suicide. And she doesn't care. We'll have a lot of fun. I can add a few more fish to the basket and, you know, win-win. And uh, so Chris is like, well, around this corner, we when we were scouting the other day, we found this spot. And it was, like, loaded with, you know, 11-inch perch and stuff. And I'm like, and it's close because I was going to run all the way down to the other end of the lake where we started and uh, fish that school of uh, perch that I found there. But I'm like, well, we'll give it a shot if they're still there. I mean, saves me a trip over the super rough-ass ice conditions. So we do that, and sure enough, I mean, they're just – they're there. They're pounding, you know. I gave her a spoon, and she was just crushing, um, putting fish on the ice. That was – that was a lot of fun. We did, I don't know how long we did that for, but it was pretty fun. And she started to get cold, and then uh, she had some other stuff she need, she wanted to do that night. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll bring you back to your car. So do that. And then we wanted to – there's a couple more spots we wanted to check off. And so we, we run over, drop her off. I meet everybody back at this other spot, and we start throwing the camera down, and we're finding juice. We are finding – what we've been looking for and i'm super stoked about it you could definitely see some evidence of other teams in there so uh wouldn't be alone but what we found there really now that my that little voice in the back of my head is absolutely yelling at me and i'm like okay if they're here they have to be in this other spot that i wanted to check which is very close to where we started and so we run up there and we check that out, We're starting to lose light, and sure enough, it is even better, in my opinion, than the other juicy spot we found. 
And I would say it's no more than 100 yards from where I started my day. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We were so stinking close to what we wanted to find right away, like first spot. And it's because I didn't really listen to that voice in my mind. We kind of checked out the spot that I wanted to check, but I didn't go all the way. And so we finally did, and then I was very happy with what we found and very happy that I listened to that voice and that it paid off. So lesson, people, listen to your instincts. They are almost always right, and they were definitely right in this case. So looking forward. I, ha- I feel pretty good about this coming Sunday. I still don't really have crappies dialed in very good. At least, you know, I, I have some, but nothing, I don't know. That That's going to kind of be the X factor for us, um, whether we just kind of get lucky and get on a good school of crappies or not. But um, I'm fairly confident we're going to have a decent bluegill bag. It's going to be interesting because weather's been pretty mild and the bottom is going to drop out this week and like i said it's going to be below zero uh to start tournament day so that's that big of a cold front it's going to be interesting to see how that affects fish and like i said before i'm not going to have the luxury of pre-fishing before because i'll be out with hho and i am definitely not complaining because i look we did it last year and it was so much damn fun and uh we're gonna do it again this year so for those that might not know hometown heroes outdoors it's an organization that gets um, vets and active military and law enforcement personnel uh out into the outdoors um and it's it's a great organization i love those guys and so what minnesota made outdoors teamed up with hho and we did this little like mini tournament and so we're doing it again this year. And we get paired up with uh, a team, two people teams. And uh, the Minnesota made guys, like myself, like we don't fish. We just kind of coach them, kind of guide them. And then, uh, yeah, and then it's contest, biggest weight. And it's going to be awesome this year, again, because we just have a host of amazing prizes. I really want to say thank you to all the sponsors that that stepped up and donated some prizes um, it's a very, it's going to be a very, very, very impressive prize table this year. Super stoked for it. It's going to be cold, and it can be like last year where it was super nice. <laughs> so that's going to bring a little bit different uh, atmosphere to it because uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people fishing in the houses. There'll be some portable setup and some heaters rocking for sure. Um, because it, yeah, it's going to be cold, but looking very much looking forward to that so that's what we got i think we got i think we got a plan i think we got a pretty good plan um and it's just gonna be a matter of rolling with the weather punches and what comes down the line i guess that's about that's about all you can do so anyway if you uh listen to this and you want to come out this the first uh saturday in february uh, this will come out on Wednesday, so uh, come on out. I know it's going to be cold, but um, bring a portable with a heater and join in on the fawn, watch the action. Uh, you know, there is that restaurant right there. If you want to go warm up with a, uh, an adult beverage, you definitely can do that. So, all right, there's your recap. Uh, for my rants, I'm going to touch on something that um, this isn't a new topic. 
but it flared up again. Wolves in Minnesota, the delisting, the whole thing. Um, but this isn't so much going to be a rant as I was. I got. I let myself get into a debate on Facebook. I've done really good about not getting into political debates, and I guess you could kind of throw us in the political spectrum, but because it's about like the delisting of them on the federal level and then states taking over management of the of the wolf pack um but it's not like president this and president that and democrats republicans so i've done good about not engaging in those things i still find it hard to bite my tongue on some of these outdoor conservation uh ideas because generally speaking i'm going to make a very broad brushed stereotypical comment here for the most part, most people, the vast majority of people that do not like the idea of wolf hunting have very, very limited understanding of nature, of how the wild things work. Um, they might go to a park once in a while, but that's about it. Um, I know there's exceptions to the rule. I get it. I understand. But I'm saying if you went per capita, I think I, think I would be more right than I am wrong. However... There was an interesting, you know, we find ourselves as as outdoors people, as hunters, um, we we like to use this argument. Well, we need to manage their numbers. And that's kind of true. It's also kind of not true. And so that kind of got brought up in like a sideways because I was talking about how, you know, I, I was promoting the hunting and trapping of them for sure as a management tool. And I, my route with it was like, it's a more humane way to manage numbers, if you will, than the way the wolves do it. Because the, the biggest killer of wolves outside of man, which right now man isn't really killing any, unless there's a problem animal or something like that, are other wolves. Um, they only live, the average lifespan for a wolf in the wild, I think is three years. Some live to be four. And that's, that's pretty pretty much maxed out right there Um, because after that they live such a harsh life and such a harsh environment that you know by that time they've lost a step maybe they got injured you know who knows Um, there's always a constant struggle for pack alpha so injuries occur there Um, yeah and this ain't a Disney show folks like uh, they get in an altercation with another wolf it oftentimes leads to death uh, and not instantly you know that wolf gets injured limps off into the woods, it's kicked out of the pack, it's whatever. It could the wound could get infected. Um it could just be a wound where, you know, uh ripped tendon or ankle, broken bone, who knows, chipped tooth, where it just doesn't make him an effective hunter anymore. And so that it just really dies really slowly of starvation and hunger and the disease kicks in. Um so that's kind of what happened. So I brought that up in this thread, and the the author of the thread was like, well, thank you for proving my point that wolves can manage their own numbers. And so that really stuck out in my mind that it got me thinking, you know, I think there is some truth to the fact that in the absence of man, like wildlife doesn't necessarily need man to manage their numbers, if you think about it. Shit will get out of whack for sure. There'll be too many of this. There'll be too many of that. Um, disease will knock them down. Um, 
predators might knock them down if the resource gets so good and then the predator numbers get too high. And then, I mean, it, nature will balance itself through natural selection like it has done for millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years in the absence of man. So I don't think nature needs us. So maybe we need to alter the way we debate this issue and maybe stop using that term like, well, we need to manage their numbers. I think I think the way to go about it is going to be kind of what I what I alluded to earlier where it's not so much that we need to manage it but that when humans manage their numbers versus letting them do it themselves it's far more humane um a bullet to the chest is instant you know even a trap they might have some and this is touchy for a lot of people and even some hunters as we talked about um last week with the otter thing um, a lot of people have a, a have a fundamental issue with trapping. They think it's cruel. They think it's mean. And the worst thing that really happens with modern-day trapping because the regulations that are set, we don't have, like, traps don't have, like, serrated jaws anymore with the big teeth on them that cut into their leg and hold them. Like, they're usually, you know, they have to be offset. Some of them even have, like, rubber pads on them. Um... So the worst really is some stress for a night as they're stuck in one spot before the trapper can come get to them and then dispatch them quickly or let them go if it's an undesired species. You know, that's that's the beautiful part of it. If it's, you know, you catch someone's dog or you catch a protected species or whatever, you just open the trap and it runs off. No broken bones, maybe a little bruise. And uh, usually a little uh, wiser for it to avoid a trap the next time. So that that's really the worst case scenario for an animal caught in a trap. Um, just so it's really not that bad. I, I'd want people to think about that too. But again, when a wolf kills another wolf, it's not nice. Sometimes they might kill it right there, then and there. But even that's not fast. There's gnashing of teeth and clawing and pulling and ripping. Um, it's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be a bloody, bloody, bloody mess. Um, but usually, like I said, it results in them limping off, going to die of their you know, internal bleeding, some other injuries, maybe a week later from infection. Maybe they just lose a step and they can't feed themselves anymore. They can't defend themselves anymore. Um, and they, you know, it takes days, weeks, months for these animals to die. That's, that's your argument. You think they should, you you think that's kinder. I think that's what we need. That's the angle we need to start the approach that we need to take. And, and not even so much that we need to, as far as being an effective, uh, debater in this issue. But I think it's being honest with ourselves, too, that it's too easy to fall into this caretaker role, this um, holier-than-thou, you know, we hunters are so conservation-minded. You know, let's not fall into that kind of elitist mentality that they like to, that the other side often sits on their ivory tower looking down at the peasants. Um, 
Because you don't really bring people to the fold that way. Wait, you don't make friends, you make enemies. You just dig in and and then that argument's going to devolve into chaos, right? So I don't think that's really helping. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, what we're really, the point we're really getting at is that it's a far more humane way to manage wildlife. Because not even just wolves, you know, deer too. Yes, deer numbers are crazy. They're out of control. Um, but a lot of that is because because of man, our agricultural practices, you know, the way we chunk our parks. I mean, everything, even in urban settings, you know, we have these big parks and the way we manicure lawns and they like the stuff that's in our garden and our fruit trees and, and deer have done a very good job of adapting to uh, human habitation. And yeah, their numbers do get way out of whack because now the predators don't like to be around that habitation. So we end up having to be that habitation. And do we need to manage their numbers? Uh, to, a, to a point to where, like, you're not wrecking your car every single time you get on the road, so it's probably a good idea to remove some. I do believe that nature, let's say let's say we couldn't hunt. I do believe that eventually nature, even in urban areas, would find a, a balance because they'll eat themselves out of house and home. They'll get sick. The disease will wipe through. It'll knock a bunch of them out. Um, it's just what nature does, right? It's just, it, it will manage itself in the absence of man, but I think man can do it quicker and much more humane than nature would ever do it. So uh, outside of like a meteor hitting and just like, re, you know, pressing the reset button for all living things. But um, I think, yeah, in my opinion, take it or leave it, do whatever. Um, that was kind of rattling around in my brain when I got in that debate. He he said a, uh, an interesting thing, and I pondered on it. I said, you know, he is right in a way, but that doesn't dismiss the fact that legal hunting and trapping is the quickest, most humane, most fiscally responsible. You're not hiring taxpayer money isn't hiring sharpshooters or professional trappers to do this. Um, money's going back into the resource, helping all sorts of non-game uh, species. That's the angle I think that uh, we can take. So think about it. Uh, you got any questions or comments on it, feel free to go to the Full Scale Outdoors page, um, the group page. Go ahead and join that. That's a great place for discussions. But, hey, if you want to just put it on the, my wall, Knock yourself out. We can have a debate there too. Or Snapchat or whatever. Instagram. Let's do it. Let's get into it. But um, think about it. Ponder on that. And uh, I'd be curious to see what, what y'all have to think about that. So coming up, we got the Minnesota Made Outdoors Tournament number 3 on West Rush. On Saturday, we have the Hometown Hero Outdoors event. Looking very much forward to that. That is going to be awesome. And this week's uh, primary episode is going to be a good one. If you are a duck hunter, goose hunter, Minnesota waterfowler, you're going to want to listen to this one. Uh, that's your clue. Minnesota waterfowler is your clue for the upcoming guest. Uh, so stay tuned to that. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you are subscribed, thank you very much. And uh, keep sharing it rate and review, tagging your buddies, all that good stuff. Is there anybody you want on the podcast? Get a hold of me for sure. You got any guide friends, 
uh, anybody's got a YouTube channel, uh, anything. Uh, lure maker, rod builder, gunsmith, I, I don't care what it is. Um, they like to talk about it. I want to hear what that's saying. So, all right, with that being said, I will leave you with this. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale.